Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hello, I hope you're having a wonderful morning. Um, today, I have a fantastic guest uh, for our show. Her name is Lorraine Shavira, and I have known her for about 10 years. Uh, and I have a, a cute little story as to how we met, actually. My dad and I both <laughs> worked uh, in uh, Sierra Vista, and Lorraine actually worked with my dad. And my dad came to me one day and said, I've met this wonderful woman at work, and I think you need to talk to her because you're going to be good friends. You're going to be great friends. He didn't say you could be. He said you will be. <laughs> and so, of course, I had to stop and, and, and meet Lorraine. And, and uh, she's just been an amazing uh, friend and, and very supportive, very kind person. So I'm, I'm just really thrilled to have you on the show today, uh, well, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So honored that you um, asked me to be a part of this. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, so now that I've kind of set that up and told people how we know each other, I would love for you to talk about, uh, about you, your education, your experience. And we're going to talk about uh, hypnosis today, but I know that you have so many other um, things going on in your life. You have, a, mm-hmm. you have a pretty dynamic background. So if you don't mind sharing that with us, I would, I would appreciate that. Well, you know, I um, grew up in a really small town in New Mexico. And never really knew what life path I would have. And I've been fortunate in that I've been able to follow my heart. And that's truly the way I live my life. Whatever shows up in my life that interests me, that's what I pursue. So uh, I have a master's degree from the University of Arizona in um, educational psychology. And my undergrad is in psychology. My first life, I call that my my first career, was in um, human services. And I worked in, you know, child protective services and behavioral health and some of those things. And then I moved out of that and I went to go work for the courts and I did some mediation there. And then I started a business. I've had a retail business and I had a hypnosis business at one time. I got certified in hypnosis when I was working in social services And um, so I opened up an office and I started seeing clients there. And then I went back into social services for a little bit. And then I uh, started a coaching business. I got my, um, I got trained in coaching, uh, formally trained in coaching as I was finishing up my graduate degree. And so I started doing that and I would do hypnosis along with that. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do business coaching. That was kind of where my heart was at. And the universe, uh, the uh, Department of the Interior hired me to start working with them. That came from out of the blue, but I was so grateful for it. And so I started to do that. I did that for several years. And then when that contract, my biggest contract, of course, I had other contracts at the time, was coming to an end. Um, one of the um, businesses that I was pursuing as a um, as another lead asked me to come work for them. It was a big defense contractor, 
And so I started working for them and I have been with them and kind of doing my own things on the side since about uh, 2009. So uh, yeah, I've, I've had this really rich, great life and, um, and all of it at some point, there's a convergence of all of that. I realized that throughout my life, I've been able to put everything I know into place and jump off into other things that interest me. It's almost like everything kind of builds so that you can take whatever it is you're doing now to the next level, you know? Yes. It's, it's like everything is just scaffolding nicely for you so that you can use all your skill sets at whatever moment in time you're at. And, and that's a really neat thing because most people cannot do that. Most people use yes. one skill set at a time. And, you know, at one point I heard a spiritual teacher say, we come into this lifetime to experience life. And I always think about that, like life is filled with adventures. So, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, it's all part of that experience. Okay, what am I going to do next? Absolutely. And, and I love that philosophy. I love how you just embrace whatever's coming your way. You have so much, and I know personally you have a lot going on right now, and I love how you embrace it and you look at it as a, a new challenge, a new adventure, and, and that's that's wonderful. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really nice way to look at it. I wish more people would look at life that way. And and I try to, but I, I'll tell you, sometimes I get derailed. So that's a really tough thing to, to stay on point with. You know, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yes, it's easy to lose sight. And, you know, I've come to think of the derailments as speed bumps. Right. You know, okay, so I've got to get over this. But then at some point, that's just going to be a memory, right? And the other side of those speed bumps is growth. So there's really not a, it's not a problem necessarily other than in that moment. Exactly. And, and maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's a learning opportunity. It's all how Absolutely. you look at something. It really yes. is how you look at it. So let's talk hypnotherapy. Um, so I know that you are a certified hypnotherapist. And just for um, our listeners to know, um, Lorraine is also my teacher. She was my hypnotherapy teacher. She taught me all the wonderful skills that I have today that I use in my work. Um, so thank you for that. That, was, that actually was very life-changing. My pleasure. Yeah. So let's talk. What is hypnosis? I mean, such a simple word, but I know it has a very profound answer. Well, hypnosis is, um, you know, when I first started my hypnosis training, I thought that I would somehow be transported to this very kind of different space, maybe a, a different dimension. I expected something very, very um, woo-woo as a result of it. And it There's really, a lot of myths. There's a lot of myths about. There's a lot of myths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the thing is that it, like you said, it's very profound. It's very powerful. Absolutely. But we enter the hypnotic trance uh, several times throughout our day. And um, have you ever been in route somewhere? Maybe you're on your way home after work or after coming from a mall or the gym or something. And you're driving home and you get home and you think, oh my gosh, I don't even remember stopping at that light or that stop sign or driving um, down that road. Because you're on autopilot. Because you're on autopilot. Yeah. And all that is, is that 
our brain waves differ in that moment. So a lot of times, you know, we get home from work and we sit on our couch, turn on the TV, and, you know, we're just kind of uh, debriefing from the day. We're just kind of, you know, relaxing a little bit, letting some of that go. And when we're in that state, it's kind of the state we get to right before we fall asleep where if the doorbell rings, we could get up and get it. If the phone rings, we could get up and get it. If we don't, you know, like the channel we're watching, um, we could change it, but we can't find the remote, that kind of thing, right? Right. Where we're just in that state where we think, yeah, I could. I could look for the remote, but I just don't want to. I just want to kind of be in this space. That's the hypnotic trance. And there's something about being in that space um, our brain, like I said, our brain waves change. We kind of go to the theta brainwave state. And in that state, we, um, we're very suggestible. And Can we talk about the different brainwaves and, and like where we're at, you know, what's the conscious level? What's the uh, level where we're under hyp- hypno- hypnosis? Yeah. So uh, the beta brainwave state is where we're, awake, where we operate most of the time when we're doing things, when we're awake and doing things. It's um, a kind of a more, um, the brainwaves are closer together during that time. We're, we're alert, we're conscious. And then the alpha brainwave is kind of a little bit more um, relaxed, just a little bit more relaxed where the other one's kind of Stochotic. This one's a little bit more relaxed. Um, we're calm. We meditate in an alpha brainwave pattern. We're more relaxed. We're calm. We're lucid. Um, but sometimes we're just, we're not thinking. We're not, our cognitive abilities aren't real sharp in that state. And the theta brainwave state is, uh, it's very long waves. So we're de- it's deep relaxation. Um, we have lots of mental imagery during that time. And I would say in the beta wave, brainwave state is kind of where our executive functions are more, um, are more active. So when we get to theta, we're just very, very, very relaxed. And it's the state right before we drift off to sleep. Which is an awesome feeling. I mean, that's a really awesome feeling. Yeah. It is. It is. And in hypnosis, a good hypnotist just knows how to prolong that state for someone. But advertisers recognize the opportunities in that space for people. That's why when we get home from work and we're sitting in front of the television and we're relaxing um, and we're letting the day kind of slough off of us, up pops the burger commercial. Up pops the pizza <laughs> commercial, right? And what do we do? Well, we order pizza. <laughs> we order pizza. We go out for a burger, whatever it is, right? Because that's the time that we're most suggestible. And advertisers know this. So um, marketers know this. So the difference between that and when we do hypnosis is that hypnotists have a code of honor, We have a code of ethics, and we're not going to suggest something to somebody that is not in line 
with who they are. So there's something about being in that brainwave pattern that disables, right? It disables our cognitive abilities. It disables those uh, executive function abilities. So when we're in the alpha state, when we're conscious, we say things to ourselves like, I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. You know, I've been like this all the time. I can't stop smoking. I just can't stop smoking. It's I couldn't too live hard. a day without it. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. All of those filters, right? The filters are things that have developed over the course of our lives. They dictate who we are, how we deal with things, how we respond to things. They're malleable, but we don't think they are. So we just, and they're very strong. They're Absolutely. very, very strong. They protect us. They serve a purpose for our survivability. <clears throat> so they serve a purpose for us. And what they do is um, our filters think that, right? Our brain thinks that with these filters, it helps us not, well, and it may help us not to jump off a roof, help us not to, you know, put ourselves in danger. But what happens is these filters sometimes become maladaptive. And what they do is they really structure our lives to a large degree. So, uh, for example, when I first started doing hypnosis, there was a lady that came to see me and she, well, she called me first and she said, um, I'd like to come see you about, uh, smoking my smoking. I want to stop. And I thought, oh, geez, I don't know that I could do this. I don't really know <laughs> that this is going to be helpful to you, you know? And she really, she kind of just said, please, you know, I, I'm kind of at my wit's end on this. I really need to make some changes. This is not good for me. It's affecting my health and my social life. And so I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I will work with you. And I hadn't done a smoking cessation um, session before. So I said, I'll work with you. And if it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. And she said, okay. So she came in and I did smoking cessation for her. And um, it was successful. So she said to me that when she got in her car after she left the session, she was looking for her keys. And as she was rummaging through her purse, she came across her cigarettes. And she just kind of kicked them out of the way with her purse as she found her keys and went home. And she said that happened a couple of times. She left the pack of cigarettes in her purse just in case. And wow. found out that they were just getting in her way. So she put them on top of her refrigerator at one point and then just realized she didn't need them again. But there's something about uh, disabling those filters, right, that really, really tends to change behavior. It can be a very powerful intervention. And so she used to call me every year on her anniversary to thank me and to (laughs) let me know that she was still not smoking. That that's an awesome feeling to have that kind of success with a client. That's truly, truly awesome. Um, what are you know when somebody goes through hypnosis? T- let's talk a little bit about the benefits, because when you're working with clients, there's such a huge range. I mean, I at least I work with a huge range of of challenges. So, uh, what are some of the benefits of going to a hypnotherapist? Um, for a variety of different challenges. What are the benefits? Uh, Well, you know, just building more adaptive habits. Um, I always say with hypnosis, you know, change your perception, change your life. 
And, you know, uh, behavior doesn't always, it, it has a toggle switch. It's just that our filters get in the way and, and then that, that uh, cognitive side of us processes it and says, well, I, I have to do this or I can't get away from it. But really, hypnosis is a good intervention for any kind of behavioral thing, any kind of behavioral issues. Um, if you want to quit smoking, if you want to maybe, what about for school? What about education? Could we use it for motivation, for example? For motivation, for focus, you know, to release anxiety or decrease anxiety before a test or something like that. There are a lot of people that say, I have test anxiety. I don't do well on tests. Well, guess what? Right? If that's my perception about what I do, then that's my reality about what I do. I don't test well. I won't do well on it. So changing that thought, changing that behavior can be really powerful um, in a school setting. You know, a lot of times, too, there's a lot of peer pressure in school. Mm -hmm that affects cognitive abilities because when we're stressed, our cognition, um, again, gets, um, our cognition slows down, right? And there's an adaptive factor to that because I want you to think about this. If you're in the middle of a railroad crossing and there's a train barreling down that railroad, the railroad tracks, do you really want your cognition to kick in? Do you really want to stand there and say, (laughs) wait a minute, I have approximately 10.9 seconds to jump out of this. Am I going to jump to the right or am I going to jump to the left? No, we have what's called fight or flight, (laughs) right? It's commonly called fight or flight, but it really is the result of these bio and neurochemicals that flow through our body. And so what it does is it causes fight or flight. We get a lot of adrenaline going through our body so that we can make quick uh, not quick decisions, quick uh, actions. We can take quick action. Those life and death decisions. And once the threat passes, then our cognitive abilities uh, kick in again. And then we say, oh my gosh, what just happened? I shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Next time I'm going to do this, right? All of those things start to happen. So, uh, it serves a purpose for uh, our filters to be disabled and for our cognitive abilities to be disabled at some time. Now, here's something that's really interesting, though, is um, our brain doesn't register. Our brain is kind of binary in the sense that when we experience a threat, we don't stop and say, wait a minute, this is a minor threat, Right. When we're in fight or flight, our brain doesn't say it's a minor threat. Don't worry. You don't have to worry so much about this one. And that's a major threat. You have to worry a lot about that one. Fight or flight is just that it's um, it's a very primitive response. And we just know, okay, my life is in danger and I need to get out of here. Now, if a car, if we almost get into a car accident, right, we have a fight or flight response. We didn't actually get, you know, we weren't actually hurt, but we have that. If we see someone get hurt, physically hurt, we have a fight or flight response to that, depending on how close they are to us in proximity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We can have a fight or flight response. A broken heart sometimes can give a fight or flight response, right? And again, we don't really, like, we don't stop and say, okay, well, it's just... it's just an emotional 
kind of threat right now. No, our brain takes it in and says, okay, this, you're hurting, right? You're physically hurting over this breakup. And so then we kind of say, well, do I want to do this again later? And, you know, there's a little bit of trauma that's built into that. So a lot of the thoughts that we have that keep us from moving forward in different areas of our lives come from experiences that have shaped these filters. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the uh, getting hypnotized will help to ease some of those, um, some of those or reshape some of the thoughts that we've had before. And it's really all just about having a more adaptive life. It's really about being able to enjoy our life to the fullest. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a couple, when, when did I get my hypnotherapy, about a year, or my hypnotherapy certification from you? About I think it was year. last year, 2020. Last year, about a year, yeah. yeah. So I remember we did, you did a session on me because I was going through some things and I had some anxiety. And after my session, you asked me how I felt. And I said, you know, I, the stress is still there, but now it's just like, eh. <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> <bother me. laughs> yes. So, you know, it, it did change my perception. It did not change my reality at all, but it did change my perception. And I think that's what it does for people is it really changes their perception so that they can function better. Like I have tremendous success with my clients, uh, you know, helping them with memory, motivation, you know, anxiety, all of those things. But you're right. It changes the perception. It doesn't change the reality yes. in, in any way. And there's a great meme that says something like, um, you can't change what happens. All you can change is how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's very true. Um, are there any negative side effects to having hypnosis done? No, not really. There aren't any side effects. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. You know, now, um, I, I used to say, and I still believe this to be true to some degree, uh, it, it, in hypnosis, you can't really be hypnotized to do something that you wouldn't normally do. So you can't get me to cluck like a chicken unless I, I would do that normally. I tell people, <laughs> I charge more for that. <laughs> but no, no, I wouldn't normally have somebody to do that. Um, well, that's one of the first questions I always get. Are you going to yes. make me cluck like a chicken? Well, I don't know. Is that something you would <laughs> normally do? <laughs> that's right. Um, however, there have been experiments done um, that were for for nefarious purposes, right? But those are typically done with um, their pairing hypnosis with other things like um, drugs, hallucinogenics, um, you know, um, it's kind of like mind shaping and mind control because mm -hmm. there are things like keeping people um, from stimuli and not eating for days or things like that. Now, typically, hypnosis is a variable in that. So when people say, well, I've heard that it could be used, you know, um, for negative purposes, or I've heard that People, I've been uh, warned not to do this because it can be used for negative purposes. Hypnosis in and of itself will not probably uh, change somebody's behavior drastically. It's really more about what you're in line to do. And so uh, an ethical hypnotist is really going to work with 
what your goals are in changing your behavior. And, um, and so let me just illustrate it this way. When a, uh, so a hypnotist does this on stage, one of the first things that they do is they say, can I get any volunteers? And so the people that volunteer are the people that are likely to perform on stage. Absolutely. Right? They're not going to call on someone who's not, who has not raised their hand because that person is likely not to perform on stage and they want somebody who's going to do it. So you can't really get somebody to do something that's against their grain. So I would say just as a cautionary tale, if somebody is concerned about it, just watch for anything else paired with hypnosis. Because even when you've been hypnotized, I've been hypnotized, even when you're in a trance, if the door slams, you know, you'd be very calm, you probably wouldn't react to it. But if somebody barged in the room and it made you uncomfortable, you would wake up immediately. Oh, absolutely. So in just the plain hypnotized trance, we're not going to um, put up with anything that goes against our grain. We would immediately wake up. If I gave somebody a suggestion that was not in line with who they were, they would immediately disregard it and, um, and could even just, it could break the hypnotic trance for them if it was something that really was against who they were, right? If it really caused some kind of distress for them. So I would say only if it's paired with other things and it would be over a period of time. And if that happens, report it immediately because that shouldn't be something that a, that's not within the code of ethics for a hypnotist. Absolutely, absolutely. So when um, we're going to break here in a couple minutes and when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can find uh, a good therapist for yourself if, if that's something you're interested in, um, as well as um, maybe any kind of advice you, you might give somebody who's looking for uh, a hypnotherapist. So um, I really want to thank you for um, being on the show today. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, maybe um, for hypnotherapy, h- how could they get a hold of you? How, how would you like them to contact you? Um, so I have a couple of websites and a Facebook page. And if you just type in my name, Lorraine, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, the last name is C-H as in Charlie, C-H-A-V as in Victor, I-R-A. Um, you'll find me, you'll find my Facebook page, you'll find some of my websites. Uh, one of my businesses is Astute Coaching. And so look for me in that respect. And um, yeah, I've got a Facebook page called Elon School of Wellness, where I post uh, just different ideas on how to stay well. Um, things that are out of the ordinary. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lorraine. So I look forward to coming back after the break and talking with you a little bit more about hypnotherapy. Um, If you are interested in getting a hold of me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And don't forget to register for our upcoming magazine, um, Executive Function Magazine. It's free, it's digital, it's international. Um, and you should um, register on the website. Once again, that's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And don't forget to go back after you register and check for your email so that you can confirm your registration. Uh, That way we can make sure we get a copy to you. And uh, if you would like, you know, to get a hold of me or email me, feel free to do that through my website as well. Next week, we are going to talk to Dr. John Sullivan, he actually works 
for Pearson Publications. So um, that should be a wonderful um, conversation. And if you missed our Parenting Pulse episode, make sure you go back and uh, listen to that. It was um, on bullying this past uh, this past uh, episode. So it should be a fantastic episode if you've experienced bullying or if your child has experienced bullying. And um, we will be back after these messages. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fawzia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fawzia works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we have a wonderful guest by the name of Lorraine Chavira. And welcome back, Lorraine. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Um, so I, I have somebody on with us today. Uh, I have a communications intern. Her name is Taryn Fox. And Taryn is going to ask uh, Lorraine a question. So go ahead, Taryn. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Um, so my question was, how do you fight the stigma around hypnotherapy that it's not just a staged act and that it actually is a helpful therapy technique? You know, I think word of mouth helps with that. People that have been through it and have actually had some really good experiences with it. Um, I, what I find, especially when I was more in practice, was that people were more worried. They were more fearful of doing it because they felt that they'd be kind of lose control. And that they, and that's what I hear a lot is that one of the myths is that the hypnotist has control over the subject during that time. But that's not at all true. And many people who um, actually experience hypnosis are so pleased with the results of it afterwards. You know, not everybody is hypnotizable. Um, Probably 
20% of the population is exceptionally suggestible, meaning that they, excuse me, are very hypnotizable. Um, And about 15% of the population is not suggestible at all. So would not do well with hypnosis. And everybody else falls somewhere in between. So, um, you know, the stage shows are fun. And but they don't help our they don't help our situation a whole lot, but they're very interesting. And um, and so what happens is a lot of people walk away from there. And one of the first questions that they ask a lot of times when they come in to see me is, I don't want to quack like a duck or hop like a bunny. And I usually say, no, 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 I charge more for those kinds of things. (laughs) Very good question. Thank you. Did I answer that for you? Absolutely. You did. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, Taryn, and, and thank you, Lorraine. Um, so one of the things I'd love to chat with you about is um, how is uh, hypnotherapy showing up in today's world? How is it that, you know, or how do you see it showing up in today's world, I guess, is the real question. Well, one of the things that I have found very interesting Um, As I consider what's going on in the world today, right, is I see uh, some of the very same phenomena that occurs in a session happening on the social stage. So, for example, um, as I said before, when you're sitting on your couch after a long day and you're just really in a relaxed state, that's really the hypnotic trance state where You could get up if you wanted to, but you really would rather not. It's just a very, very comfortable state. And I said, you know, advertisers understand this. Marketers know this. And that's when they'll put things in specifically at that time of the day, right around the news. If people listen to the news, there are all kinds of good commercials that come, you know, like food or beer or whatever, right? And they're intentionally set up to entice us to do something or to motivate us toward something. Well, what I've come to notice too is um, a really interesting phenomenon is that during that time of day when we're calm and stuff is when we pop in the news. It's a lot of times we want to catch up with what's going on in the world as we're uh, debriefing from work. And there's a lot of talk about COVID, the numbers, the cases, especially last year, you know, the numbers, the cases, people dying, and it was incessant. The messaging was incessant. And any channel that one turned on, it was the same message, doom and gloom. And I'm not here to judge, you know, whether that was right or wrong or good or bad. It's just right. that it occurred. And so what I believe is a potential outcome of that is people essentially in that trance accepted a lot of that messaging. So, um, so as we fast forward now, what happens is there's a lot of people who will, who um, stand firm in that belief that, you know, despite all the evidence that's come out that challenges some of the uh, initial facts, of course, Initially, everyone went into fight or flight. You right. know, we're hearing the whole about planet. all these. Absolutely. The whole planet. You're yeah. right. The globe, the world. 
Um, we heard about all these people dying around the world. And we heard about it incessantly. And we tend to, as humans, um, we buy sensationalism. You know, it's just a part of who we are, right? And so we buy into sensationalism. And so um, if you'll notice that any major occurrences that we've had around the world, um, the news outlets will cover them over and over and over again. And we sit in front of the television for hours watching this. 9-11, you know, when JFK was shot, COVID, any of these things that happen, they'll cover it over and over and over during the day. And we sit there and we watch all of this because part of us um, loves the sensationalism of it. And why? I don't know. I would take, you know, I'd have to research that a little bit more. But we do. It's just a fact that we do. So when COVID was happening and we sat in front of the television, we were bombarded with all of this information. We were in fight or flight. So our filters were disabled. And then we were continually getting the same messages. And I don't know if you saw this, but last year there was a um, video that surfaced where all the news agencies were essentially saying the very same thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Over and over again, yeah. I so, actually noticed that years ago that, you know, when you flip through channels, they're always saying the same thing. It's scripted. Yes. Well, imagine that now. So we've got our filters disabled because we're in fight or flight, and we're hearing the same messages over and over and over and over again. So that is exact, essentially the recipe for hypnosis, right? Right. So now... Um, <clears throat> There've been there's been a lot of information that's come out about what happened in 2020, and um, and I I think sometimes when people try to discuss the current state of affairs with uh, with with some people they don't want to hear it first of all, and part of that is because their um, cognition has been shaped. Right, they have bought into an idea, um, not bought into it. Really, they were given this idea before, and so that overrules everything until that idea gets um, softened in some way or gets changed in some way. That's the driving idea. It's the same kind of um, dynamic that happens if if I go to a hypnotist and I'm a smoker, and the hypnosis works and I stop smoking. If somebody comes and offers me cigarettes again, I'm likely to say no. And they offer it again, I'm likely to say no. Because my ideas have been shaped in a different way and I'm no longer a smoker. And so that doesn't appeal to me. It's kind of the same thing, I think, when people don't want to hear about anything new, any of the new information that's come out about COVID, because they're still in that I'm not a smoker phase, if that makes sense. Yeah, their, their opinions have been shaped and, and it's very hard to come out of that. And sometimes I've noticed that people, they, they have a hard time questioning their own thoughts. Like they have a hard time even understanding why they believe what they believe. They, they don't question it. They just believe it blindly. So it is similar to hypnosis. I, I definitely see that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. interesting. Very, very interesting. What is it that you would recommend for people to do to maybe avoid that particular um, situation? 
Well, I would say understand that it's in the theta wave, uh, brainwave pattern that that occurs. So uh, do other things. Unplug from the television. Don't do don't watch these and get these messages, the bombardment of messages over an extended period of time. Um, break that up with some active, you know, maybe watch TV while you're cleaning house or on a treadmill or any of these things that are going to keep your brainwave pattern in an alpha brainwave state. Um, you know, any of those things will help to alleviate that. But if you feel like you've, you know, you, you may be a person that really has very strong feelings about COVID and maybe the vaccinations, but you're not sure why. Even in light of some of the new information that's coming out, you're not sure why. And maybe it's that somebody, when they talk to you about it, just sets off anger. Because here's the other thing that happens. If we've learned something and we've, it's ingrained in us, we can have a debate about something, right? Even if you and I don't agree on something, we can debate ideas behind it. Sure. But if you have been have picked up a belief that you didn't come to on your own, you know, like sometimes we grow up in families and we believe something because our family did it or our family said it or whatever. And we, um, so we adopted it, but we don't really know why we do it and somebody challenges it, mm-hmm. well, we can't really discuss it based on ideas because it wasn't our idea. So we get very emotional about it, right? And that's right. some of what I experience in today's world is that when it comes to COVID, there's a lot of emotionality about it and not a lot of discussing ideas around it. And let me just yeah. say children, um, children's uh, filters are not yet... Um, determined, right? They're very malleable when they're young. And that's why children, and we need to be careful with this too, children, we're shaping their filters. We're part of shaping children's filters as they're growing. So I think we need to be very conscious about what we say to them. Which is interesting because uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to some of my clients and I mean, I remember having a conversation with a little boy who is, I think, six, maybe seven at the time. And I don't even remember the conversation. I don't remember the topic at all. But what I do remember is he said to me, um, no, I can't do that. That's not what my family does. Ah, yes. So he identified as part of that's that's part of what his family belief system was. And so it, he didn't say, I can't do that because I don't want to. He just said, that's not what my family does. So it, it was already ingrained in him, you know, that there are certain expectations from his family. And in a way that can be a good thing. Like if you're, the expectation is to have integrity or to, yes. you know, or to have, you know, good manners or whatever it is. So some of those things can actually be a really good thing, but in other cases it can maybe negatively affect your future. Like, Absolutely. you know, it's not, a, you know, my family only does X, Y, and Z. Well, you kind of block yourself off because now you can't behave in a different way because that's what your family does. So yes. we, you're right. We have to be very careful how we shape the future of children's minds. And I would say also to kind of be um, compassionate 
and patient with people, you know, adults um, with whom we differ on in on ideas, because really it's just their filters are at play. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think the more I learn about this, the more I realize, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, talking to this person. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe this. We're, we're talking to their ideas that have developed over time. So yes, they may not even fully understand why they are responding the way they are. And that's what I love about your program today is that this is an opportunity for people to understand where we can understand ourselves a little bit better if we understand the dynamics that are in play in our in our world, you know, because everything that we um, experience shapes who we are on a regular basis. And if we use our executive function skills when we're navigating the world, we are more apt to build in more, um, you know, adaptive behaviors in. Uh, but we've got to be conscious about what's going on in our world and aware of it so that we, aren't, we don't succumb to these things that aren't helpful for us, that build in fear and limit us and all those other things that, ex- that keep us from experiencing from the adventures of life. Well, I think the most fascinating thing for me about hypnotherapy, about hypnosis, is that it allows you to change yes. the things that you don't want. Yes. Or it allows you to change your behavior and include something that you do want. Absolutely. And that is, I think, the most important lesson for me because you may not like something about yourself, but guess what? You can change it. Absolutely. Or you might want to be you know, better at something or you want, might want better motivation or maybe a better problem solver. You can change that. All these things can be changed through hypnotherapy. And I think yes. that's just amazing. Yes. And, I agree and I, with you. Yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. And, and, and I think it goes, you know, one of my thoughts goes back to, you know, how people have these myths in their mind, like, you, you know, hypnotherapy really can't do that. But I think if they're willing to give it a try, they would be willing, and if they would be willing to try it and with an open mind, I think they would see something very different and they might actually see some progress in their own life. Yes. Is there something that you wish people understood or knew about hypnosis that we haven't already talked about? Um, When it works, it's very powerful. And when it doesn't work, there's no harm that's going to be done with it. You know, I've had people say to me, I can't be hypnotized. You'll never hypnotize me. Um, When I was in graduate school, I was uh, a research, research assistant and um, one of the research projects that we did was on memory. And we used hypnosis as one of the variables. And so uh, one of the other research assistants, her husband was a captain in the military and um, had some of his guys come in as subjects. And so I had um, a couple of them say, I'm not hip. You can't do this to me. You'll never be able to. And they absolutely took the suggestions quicker probably than other people didn't. So it's not even really about, um, it's not a cognitive thing of I'm not going to do this. If you're suggestible, you're probably going to accept the suggestions that are, again, aligned with who you are and your goals. 
Yeah, thank you for that. So if somebody wanted to become a hypnotherapist and they wanted to help others, what recommendations do you have for somebody um, wanting to go that path? Well, get professional training. You know, um, you're dealing with people. There, you should know that there's a code of con- conduct and a code of ethics with hypnosis. Um, it is, it's regulated in some states. Um, so you want to make sure that you understand the laws of your state. And, you know, the bottom line is that you're working with people. And uh, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. But in the process, you need to make sure that you're credible and that you have a solid foundation um, under you for it. And the other thing about getting professionally trained is that you've got someone standing behind you. You know, if, if you're ever challenged, if there's ever any liability issues, there's someone standing behind you for that and protecting you. There's also several uh, bodies, national bodies, that you can become a member of who also put out information regularly and share research and those kinds of things as well. And if you're just doing it on your own, you, may, you won't have somebody to ask questions of. And it's kind of helter-skelter, hit and miss. And there is an art and a science behind it. Yeah, and I know for me, I, I really appreciated having you to call upon when I first started out, you know, to ask questions and, and just really fine-tune my style of therapy. So it, it's absolutely imperative that you have somebody else standing behind you. I agree with that. And thank you very much for that. You're very good yeah. at what you do, though. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. So, um, yeah. So is is there like a particular school that somebody could go to um, or does it does it even matter as long as it's a reputable school? Um, there are different schools. I do uh, trading myself through the um, Elon School of Wellness. I do uh, certifications, but I would say just, you know, research it, ask other hypnotists where they got their training and, um, and, and do your due diligence on any school that you decide to invest your money in. Well, if you're, if you're looking for a good hypnotherapist um, to teach you how to become a hypnotherapist, uh, Lorraine is absolutely fantastic. So I uh, highly recommend you, um, Thank you. Look her up if, if you're looking to go that direction. Um, are there different levels of hypnosis? Like I know we've talked a little bit about hypnotherapy, regression therapy. Are, are there, is there any other type of um, use or, or way to use hypnosis? I don't know that there's different levels of hypnosis, but there are certain different levels of expertise for the practitioner. And, um, you know, uh, some people specialize in performance for like athletes, right? Um, Yours, you're kind of, I think, blazing a new trail for um, what you're doing with regard to um, the cognitive abilities, executive function. Um, So there are specialties and niches within it, I think, that are developing, Um, you know, it really, I would say it depends on what a person's goals are on who they want to see, who they, what kind of therapist they'd like to work with. But the technique itself can be used for, you know, any, almost anything. Perfect. Thank you so much. 
So we are closing up here in just a couple minutes. I have one last question for you. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Um, if you were 20, year old, 20 years old today, what advice would you give yourself? Don't be so afraid. You know, start experiencing life. Take risks. That's what I would have told myself at 20. Well, it sounds like you're already doing that. Like you just kind of <laughs> go with the flow. So I don't know how much more you could you could do that, but that yeah. is good advice. I, I, I like didn't it. do it at 20, though. I didn't do it at 20, so I could have started earlier. But could yeah, yeah. The well, benefits I, of age and wisdom. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you'd like to get in contact with Lorraine, um, you can go onto her Facebook page or her, um, or you can look her up on Google, Lorraine. Shavira, C-H-A-V-I-R-A. And um, if you would like to learn how to become a hypnotherapist, uh, feel free to give her a call. She would be fantastic as a teacher because, well, she was my teacher. And I think <laughs> I think you. she's fantastic. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can email me through the website. You can also look at the um, magazine, sign up for the magazine, Executive Function Coach. Um, make sure you go back and check your email and confirm that you have registered to receive uh, this magazine. Um, it is launching January 10th of 2022. We have a fantastic lineup of um, professionals and experts writing articles for us. So um, it's definitely going to be a fantastic uh, magazine. If you'd like to uh, listen to the radio show. You can also do that through the um, uh, Voice America as well as through my website. So the website's important for whatever content, for whatever type of contact you'd like to have with me, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And don't miss our show next week. We're um, talking with John Sullivan. He is a um, gentleman that works for Pearson Publications. So if you have any questions, you can also email those to us and we'd be happy to ask those of our guests. Um, have a fantastic day. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.